divination at the end of the day, it's going outside of God's will and boundary supernaturally to receive knowledge, mm-hmm. that knowledge, this esoteric knowledge, right? Yeah. So you're wanting to know things. So where are you going for that? Are you going to God? I always say there's always been the same two choices, God or the devil. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Race and Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, then this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anybody else who might be encouraged by it too. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Good morning, everybody. So today we are talking to Jen Nizza, otherwise known as ex-psychic saved. She was a former professional psychic medium who thought she was genuinely helping people, but now will blatantly admit that she was a pawn of the devil. Um, Jen is an author, speaker. She has been on The 700 Club, CBN News, The Michael Knowles Show, The Doreen Virtue Show and many other shows sharing her testimony to Christ and warning others of the spiritual dangers of the new age. So thank you so much for being on Raised and Redeemed today, Jen. Hey, thank you so much for having me and for um, having these conversations. It's truly needed. So I appreciate that. Yes, of course. So I was telling you a little bit of what I was hoping to touch on before we started recording. We'll see what we have time for. Um, But I am hoping to pick your brain about the demonic roots of psychic mediumship, astrology, tarot cards, chakras, manifestation, yoga, and whatever else we have time for, because this is your area of expertise. You're always sharing so much great information about these topics um, on your YouTube, on your social media. So I guess if we don't get to everything, um, the listeners can definitely follow you there and uh, stay up to date with more of these topics. But So the first thing I wanted to ask you is just how did you get started into being a professional psychic medium? Uh, So I'm going to uh, long story short this because it's a rather long story because it starts as a child. But then as I went down the rabbit hole of divination, meaning I was so intrigued by it after my first tarot card reading at age 13, I went down, I started pursuing it, I gave legal permission to those demons, um, came into agreement with them by, um, you know, chasing it, chasing after it, and walked right through those doors. Mm -hmm. So all of that just escalated, I started doing so many readings, getting so many readings, I mean, this was really such a big part of my life. And everywhere I went to, uh, for the things that we need to go to God for. Mm-hmm. So by the time, so it just kept escalating. And uh, I ended up in a divination group, a divination group, <laughs> a divination class. I know, okay. you know, people say, well, what is that psychic university? No, it's not <laughs> university. Um, and they have them, you know, all over the place. Unfortunately, it breaks my heart, spiritual centers that offer mm-hmm. classes. I did it too. I ended up leading yeah. one myself. It's always, it's so interesting how the enemy is always trying to build armies. Yes. I went to one in Arizona as well. Spiritual, it was a spiritual arts school. Yeah, it was very common there. Mm -hmm. And and this was just in a woman's home, um, but it is what it is, right? So I was there after a psychic medium that I had known, who I had gone to for a reading, told me that I too was a medium Mm -hmm. and I needed to use this gift. Uh, to help other people that it's a God-given gift. And like you said in the intro, I mean, I I really believed I was helping people. I really believed and I wanted to help people. And that's my nature, right? So, um, okay. So I go to this group and in this group, 
it's just like-minded people and who's, you know, got crystals, who's got tarot cards, people like me who are hearing from who we believe are deceased people. Mm -hmm. And it's a grooming of sorts. And now we're doing guided meditations and we're smudging. And I mean, things that I got exposed to that I had not been prior. So long story short, I start moving through very quickly. I mean, the readings were uh, intensified. They were coming on strong. I was really never left alone. So by the time I started that group, by the time I, I don't even know if I should say fully finished it, but wasn't as closely associated with it. I was professionally reading. I had business cards in my hand. I'm at the Starbucks with people. I'm living, I, I was living at my mom's house at the time, doing readings uh, from the basement in my mom's house. Yeah. And there I was. And because of the people in the group who knew this one, who knew this one, and they saw me doing the readings in the group and the, the oh, you got to go to Jen, you got to go to Jen. And that's how that started the professional. Okay. And so when you're doing readings for people, were tarot cards your main medium of information? Absolutely not. Yeah. Actually, I used to do, I, I read tarot cards um, in, when I was a teenager with my sister. We both had our own decks, but I didn't need, I hate to say it, uh, nobody, nobody really does because they're tools of divination. So I want to be clear about that. There's no information coming from cardboard, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's the demons that you're invoking by entering into divination. Uh, what I mean to say is that for me, I just would receive information. So I didn't necessarily have to hold a crystal or have to hold um, okay. any of those types of things. So my main form of readings, which was psychic mediumship, is I would sit before a, an absolute stranger and just start getting information downloaded. Wow. The only one thing that I did have in my hand was pen and paper, which automatic writing. Okay. Was, so as I'm channeling, I'm talking, I'm hearing, I'm look, and sometimes I would be channeling on the paper too, like all of a sudden just start writing and scribbling and names and symbols and things like that. So, wow, that's really interesting to me. I think about how you know Satan tries to steal everything that God already created. So I think about you know when our spiritual gifts get hijacked when we're in the new age, and how you were born with this this gift of like this intuition and discernment and being able to hear really clearly from the spirit but this got hijacked by satan when you were using it uh for his kingdom uh in the new age so that's why you're so powerful now with what you do i think that's an interesting take on it i have a little bit of a different take on that, mm -hmm. Not that i mean we know satan's a counterfeit um but i don't believe we have a gift of the spirit until we have the spirit the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, right? So I don't think necessarily that I had some sort of uh, spiritual discernment from God. Uh, I believe that the gifts that I had, such as compassion, a big heart, love, very sensitive, um, mm -hmm. that's where Satan came in. It was like, well, I'm going to take advantage of her vulnerability, yeah. of, her, of her love for people. And I, I say that his attacks are very personal mm. because what bothers you may not bother me. What traits you have, I, I will probably have different ones, right? So he's going to use what's very personal. Mm -hmm. He's going to use it to his advantage if he can. And that yeah. is exactly what he did. That makes sense. And a lot of times um, people come into this, into the new age, because this portal was opened in some way when they were young. I know you grew up Catholic. Um, and then a lot of times, you know, people experience some kind of trauma or, you know, maybe their parents substance abused or practice witchcraft themselves or something like this. Was there anything like that in your life that maybe opened this portal so young for you? Oh, definitely. Um, it, my mom's aunt was a psychic. And so she grew up around it. So my mom was very typical Queens, New York, Italian Catholic, went to Catholic school, the whole deal, but her aunt, and they're very close, she was a psychic. Mm -hmm. And so when we, so when I was growing up, these conversations were acceptable. They were being had. We were talking about paranormal activity in the house. We were talking about, yeah. uh, you know, readings and things of that nature. So I really believe that is how the door was opened 
from me. And then she actually had the tarot card reader come into the home when I was 13. And that's when I had that first reading. Okay. So this this started with your family. This was a generational thing that got passed down. Hey, everybody. First off, thank you so much for watching. Secondly, if you're enjoying this conversation, please support this show by liking, subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing it with a friend. And now back to the episode. So when I was young, I used to see a lot of ghosts and I was always very afraid. Um, the first, no, it was the second book I ever wrote. You know, when they have you write a book in elementary school, the first one I wrote was about dogs. The second one was about ghosts. And I remember just endlessly researching this in our public library. And it was really interesting to me later on when I became a real Bible believing Christian. And I started to realize, oh, these weren't ghosts. These were actually demons um, that were let in through what my parents were doing with the substances and all the other trauma. Um, the witchcraft. Would you say that, like, are ghosts real at all, or are these all demons? Well, a ghost is, is that referring to, like I said to Michael, do you mean a deceased person? No, they're not. They're not deceased people. They are demons. They are familiar mm -hmm. spirits and how they manifest themselves. So when we use the word ghost, uh, we think of a person who maybe is coming back, I would imagine, not that thing with the sheet over it, you know. Like right. <laughs> and I've seen many demons that manifested as human beings, that they looked like people. So you might say, oh, well, that's a ghost, the ghost spirit of so-and-so or the ghost of so-and-so. No, mm -hmm. it's a demon. It's a demon masquerading, manifesting as a human being. Mm -hmm. All demons. All the time. We are not communicating with the dead. The Bible is clear about that. We are not communicating with the dead. Those are demons. I know in that conversation with Michael, he did um, he did reference, what was it, the ghost of Endor? Michael, yeah. yeah, the ghost of Endor, yeah. So like he gave a reference of in the Bible there being a, a real ghost. So I don't know. I have a little bit of confliction of like I don't have real clarity about um, – I don't think we can commute like we could or should communicate with those. Um, but I don't know if, if it's if they're all demons or if there really is some form of ghosts of of deceased loved ones. Um, no, you, you'd say I that. would definitely not. And even if yeah. you want to enter into the debate that has been had amongst biblical scholars about the uh, Samuel, if it was really Samuel who was brought up or not, it's mm -hmm. very interesting conversation um i'm actually going to do a podcast episode about it okay and like you said uh you know i mean i lean more towards it being a demon a familiar spirit either way the takeaway which i love rc sproul when he said regardless the point is that don't negate what god is saying and don't live in disobedience to him either way you're not going to psychics it's condemned don't enter yeah. into witchcraft but no, I really do believe that that's a demon. I Okay. Yeah. But it's so, an interesting conversation. Yeah. It is. Yeah. No, it's worthy of at least looking at. Um, yeah. So what made you finally realize that you were talking to demons? Jesus. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, when I first cried out to Jesus, it was in a moment of near destruction, heavy duty oppression, uh, never being left alone by these, you know, entities. I knew that there was a darkness to it, but I didn't, I wouldn't have called it demons. I wouldn't have said hell. I wouldn't have said the devil, you know, I didn't really have a position on that. I wasn't in contrast, you know, I wasn't the new ager that didn't believe that there could have been something negative. Some of, mm -hmm. some new agers are just like, no, only positive things. Yeah. Or whatever. I wasn't like that, but I cried out to Jesus in this moment of oppression Yet I still was spiritually vulnerable. Now, I know that the Holy Spirit was starting to move my heart and came into play and he was there. I just didn't, I hadn't heard the gospel. I didn't know I was a sinner that needed to be saved. I didn't pick up the Bible, didn't care about it. So this journey, I went on this journey 
for about 10 months, I actually stopped doing readings in the beginning. So that, again, the Holy Spirit was convicting my heart, but I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. I didn't know I was being convicted. I just felt like I didn't want to do readings anymore, but I didn't know why. But then I ended up going back to it. And when I, when I finally accepted Christ, received, heard the gospel, um, and the Holy Spirit came to live within my heart, the first thing, the first order of business, I always say this, how cool God is, was he led me to the word. He led me to the word of God concerning this. I mean, 15 minutes after I got home from that church, <laughs> I was Google searching, what does the Bible say about psychic mediums? Yes. Couldn't tell you why. I wasn't contemplating it, right? Again, the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the Holy Spirit because God says in his word, you cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Yep. How on earth now was I going to be a saved, born-again believer and a psychic? No way, Jose, doesn't mm -hmm. happen. So he brought me to his word. He showed me what I had been doing. He showed me that it was condemned by him, that he finds it detestable. That's all I knew, Michaela. And then I was like, well, I know Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he just saved my life. Mm -hmm. so working on my heart, whatever he says goes. I don't know the whole in and out of this thing, but I have to quit my job. Wow. So that's when I knew that if it wasn't from God, there was something very sinister going on. So when I first started experiencing demonic oppression myself, and I became aware of the fact that, you know, demons were actually real, I did everything I could to look into what the other religions had to say about this. And if there was any other religious practice or perspective on protecting yourself from evil, because I wasn't ready to repent. I wasn't ready to let go of my relationship or give up my sexual sins. Um, and so I looked in all these other ways. And then I finally realized that I couldn't fight this battle on my own. And I needed Jesus to help me fight this battle. But it was like a like I went out like swinging. I went out fighting. So I'm curious, did you go through that at all? Or were you like, like God led you straight to him versus other religions? Well, I definitely didn't go to any other religion. I guess you could say my not so much kicking and screaming was the fact that this took 10 months okay. of back and forth and just that spiritual vulnerability. But no, yours kind of sounds like I'm looking for some justifications here. Yeah. <laughs> once I fully, uh, once I fully believed in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit came into, came to live within my heart, I wasn't dabbling. I wasn't looking anywhere. Mm -hmm. I was sure I was free. Yeah, I was spiritually attacked after that, um, but that's par for the course. Yeah. Even being a Christian, but the devil was definitely mad. But yeah, of course, because you were literally working for him. It's like that woman in the Bible who uh, was a psychic and she was making money, and then the masters were mad when uh, I don't remember who cast the demons out of her. But um, well, Paul, you said. That's Acts 16, 16, the fortune teller girl, which she had the spirit of divination and she was bothering, annoying him for a week. <laughs> and then finally he cast out and her masters were mad because she wasn't yeah. bringing home the, the bacon. So that leads me into a question. Um, was your family upset at all when you were like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do this for a living anymore? Certain people in my family, I, not my not my close family members, you know, like my mom and my dad and my sister, they they were okay with that. There were other family members that basically were using me for readings and, and wanted to justify their own sin life. So didn't appreciate at all the fact that I came to Christ or, mm. and they haven't been in my life since, unfortunately, but God restores, which is, I have an amazing church family. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So I love that. So it was, yeah, your demonic oppression that led you home to Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and then everything became clear to you after that. So I guess we could go into the other topics of how did he start to begin revealing to you all the other things? Like you became convicted of the first thing, which you were making a living doing the psychic mediumship. Um, how did he 
or what did he reveal to you about some of the other topics here, like astrology, um, the tarot card chakras, manifestation? How did he reveal the demonic to those for you? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think that because once I once I walked away from the psychic mediumship, because those other those were kind of like the subtopics that would always play into readings for me. And like I mentioned at the t- at the top of um, our meeting, that I was leading a divination group mm-hmm. towards the very end of this, and I was teaching, uh, you know aspects of astrology, aspects of chakra balancing, guided meditation, past life regression, automatic writing, you name it, we were dabbling in it. So it wasn't like once I got saved from psychic mediumship, I was like, oh, what about that astrology thing? No, I knew. Yeah. All it was all lumped in there because it was lumped in there all the years. Yeah. I had been doing I mean I used to get coffee grind readings, numerology charts done. So I knew. Yep. All of it had to go. What's up, you guys? I'm so excited to announce a new Raised and Redeemed merch drop. We took our apparel to the next level this time with our new Running to the Cross design that you can order in a crew neck, hoodie, oversized tee, or even on your new favorite coffee mug. Check out this design and more on RaisedAndRedeemed.com to order yours and support the show today. It was kind of the same thing for me, but one of the things that I did really struggle with was yoga. Um, I was a yoga teacher. That's how I ended up at the spiritual arts school was for a yoga teacher training. And so after I realized, you know, the demonic to all of these divination practices, I still tried to be a Christian yoga teacher after that. I gave up everything else, you know, I threw away the tarot cards, threw away um, all my psychedelics, like all these other things that I knew for sure led in demons. But yoga, I was like, maybe I can be, you know, a Christian yoga teacher. And they say you're, you know, you're yoking in the practice of yoga. And so my thought was, I just had a testimony on with a girl who was also a yoga teacher. And she shared how one of the dangers of like going to yoga classes is you are at the mercy of whoever sits on the throne of that instructor's heart. So when you're like dancing with them in this moving meditation of yoga for an hour or so, you are at the mercy of whatever is guiding this person. So that was my question was, okay, well, if Christ is guiding me as the yoga instructor, does this have to be bad? Like, does this have to be demonic? And, you know, God eventually convicted me to let go of yoga altogether just because I wanted to be, it's like, I don't want to toe the line, you know, I'd rather just be on the, on the safe side. So now I I stretch, but that is still a question I have is if the danger, well, and also if you call it stretching instead of yoga, but it's still kind of similar movements, is that wrong? They are deliberate postures. Yoga, you know, yoga has deliberate postures that are not just some sort of uh, random stretch. They are deliberate. They are designed to worship Hindu little gods, which are demons. They act out certain scenes like the warrior one, two, and three, I believe it is. Yes. Unsalutation is is giving uh, honor and worship to the sun, S-U-N, not S. And there's a specific time play in the morning facing this way to get shakti to get uh and and you're 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 twisting your body into a position that of course is unnatural mm-hmm. to worship these gods and it is idolatry yeah it is a hindu spiritual practice so stretching on its own non yoga stretching and anybody can look that up because it you know it's so funny because people some somehow think that if they can't do yoga there's no movement or exercise or yeah. healing oh, there's so many things that you can do you can do walking swimming you can do non yoga stretching you can look that up but those are deliberate postures mm-hmm. and it will yeah. always find uh, George uh P Alexander said you cannot take the hinduism he was a professor at Bio- Biola University um, 
and he said that you cannot take the Hinduism out of yoga. You see, you can't separate it. You can't say, mm-hmm. well, drinking out of a cup is pagan, so, well, you shouldn't be doing that either. There's no spiritual uh, spirituality to this. It's not, it's not a spiritual practice. Right. There, and it's very serious to them. It's really the core of their heart of, of Hindu. This is what they, this is their thing. Of their, like, form of worship. Form of worship, spirituality. Mm-hmm. Yes, the core of it. You can't remove it. So I understand how the enemy has tried to flip the script with that here, right? That's what he does because he's got to get you into disobedience to God. It's mm-hmm. it's such horrible idolatry. Um, the, the second commandment, you should have no graven images. You're making your own body into a graven image. Mm-hmm. So the devil is going to convince you through others who are not in Christ that it is just stretching and breathing. It's going to heal your anxiety. It's going to heal your, it's, it's the master healer, apparently. Yeah. Arthritis. Well, what am I going to do? Well, you can do other things, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but that is, that does get a lot of pushback. And a lot of people by putting the word holy in front of it, or saying yeah. you can stretch and put worship music on that becomes, it, it becomes extra deceptive because actually when I was saved, in the first couple of years, I asked people from church about, oh, no, yoga's fine. Yes. You yeah. see it a lot in church. Like, there, there's a lot of groups now starting, like, yoga at church. I'm seeing that a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of deception. But, you know, the Bible tells us in First John 4, 1, that we need to test the spirits. A lot of the deception is going to be in churches, people that mm. are standing behind pulpits, people with Bibles in their hands. Look how the devil used the word of God to try to tempt Jesus Christ. I yeah. mean, come on, we got to know who our opponent is. Yeah, he yeah, he even did it to Jesus. Yeah, it's crazy because now that I'm pregnant, I do have a lot of people telling me uh, prenatal yoga, prenatal yoga. And I'm like, you know, it's an instant trigger for me. Um, right. So I stretch every morning, but I, you know, I do like a five minute stretch. I'm not going into like a whole like hour sequence or anything. Um, but that is something that I've been because like, it's hard to find a, Like, where do you find just a stretching class? You know, you can find yoga classes like everywhere now. It's so popular now. But where can somebody find just a prenatal stretching, for example? Yeah. Try, try YouTube. And yeah. Do it at home. Non-yoga. <laughs> yeah, specifically. Well, yeah, no, I appreciate kind of going into that topic a little bit. It was there was one Christian in my whole yoga teacher training. I've shared my testimony about this, but she was actually who I reached out to um after I saw the demon that I saw and she was the only Christian I knew in the whole state of Arizona because I wasn't from there. I was on a quest to find myself and move far away and um she's actually who brought me to church for the first time. So I thank God that there was a Christian in that environment. But I don't know that I there's some things that are descriptive rather than prescriptive. Want to dive deeper with the Raised and Redeemed podcast? We now have a Facebook group called the Raised and Redeemed Community, where you can join to discuss the episodes, share your testimonies and find encouragement from fellow like minded born again Christians. Find us on Facebook. We do have the Raised and Redeemed podcast Facebook page. And once again, we now have the Raised and Redeemed community group too. I hope to see you there. I know we briefly talked about astrology, but I have a sort of specific question about that too. Um, I heard Angela Uchi and a couple other people, um, she's from the Heaven and Healing podcast. Yes. I heard her talk about astrology and how each of the astrological signs represents a demon. And so when you identify with this astrological sign, you are identifying with a specific demon. I don't know if you can speak to that or if you agree or disagree with that claim. This is what I would like to say about astrology. Astrology is going to the stars, the moon, the planets, the constellations, 
where things were when you were born. It's going to created things and not the creator for wisdom, for insight, for supernatural knowledge, which is divination. Mm-hmm. Stars, the planets, the moon, the sun, they don't know anything about you. You're not a Capricorn. You're either a child of God or you're a child of your father, the devil. Yeah. Um, this is all deception to get you into divination. Divination at the end of the day, it's going outside of God's will and boundary to supernaturally to receive knowledge. Mm-hmm. That knowledge, this esoteric knowledge, right? Yeah. So you're wanting to know things. So where are you going for that? Are you going to God? I always say there's always been the same two choices, God or the devil. So are you going to cardboard cards? Are you going to coffee grinds? Are you going to the stars and the moon? These are created things, including the human being as a vessel, as a psychic medium. Where mm-hmm. are you going? Right. For those for the for your knowledge, for your people want they think it's going to make them happy is yeah. instant gratification. So rather than get hung up on particular demons that you think are going to attach to you and this, that, and the other thing, understand that you've opened the door to the demonic by practicing divination. The Lord says in Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 12, that it's an abomination to him and that you are not to consult or practice. And then he gives us through medium, necromancy, interpreting omens, fortune telling, mm-hmm. uh, right? So he tells us not to do these things. That's what you need to know. So when you do them, You've opened the door. Don't get hung up on specific. Mm-hmm. It's already, it's demonic. And yeah. a third of the angels fell. They're everywhere. They're watching. They know things. They're studying. They know more about you. They know more about your family than you can even imagine going all the way back. But to start assigning them specific, that just. Yeah, you think it's. I wouldn't do that. Okay. Just, just understand that that's what astrology is. It's idolatry, it's divination, and you need to avoid it at all costs because people need to know that this is evil. This mm-hmm. is not, this. you should not be intrigued by this. You should not feel led to do these things. These are ungodly and anything that God is for, the devil is against. God mm-hmm. wants you to be safe. God wants you to come to him. God wants you to put your faith and trust in him. So all those other things are evil. Yeah. And that's serious because there are consequences of that. There is demonic oppression. There's demonic possession, which I believe to be rare, but it happens. I do believe it happens. So demons are nothing to mess around with. And yeah. I really hope if anything, you take that, you know, your your listeners today take that away, that there's nothing um, special or fun or VIP, but that's what the devil wants you to think, that you have this power, mm-hmm. this power, there's pride, there's money sexual immorality all these things go together with this um very dangerous no i I love that answer and i feel like i can ask you some of the harder questions um (laughs) because i know that you're you're well versed in in answering these things so a lot of times it's like i'll stick to the basics of you know what we know to be true about these things but I, i have been feeling like i can ask you some of these harder things and um sort of give you the like for example, with the astrology, was didn't the wise men that were coming to Jesus uh, when he was first born didn't didn't they follow the stars to get there? Um, but would that be considered astrology? No, not at all. Because think about how the stars were created for direction. Look at navigation by the um, by people on the sea. They look at the horizon. They look at the the north star to know what direction. Mm-hmm. God says that he gave us the sun and the moon to differentiate between night and day. Mm-hmm. He gave us seasons. That's what he means by those things. It's not at all for signs mm-hmm. of uh, what's going to happen to you. Are you going to have a Mercedes <laughs> where, where Mercury was when you were, when you were born at eight f- 59 AM yeah. uh, Mercury and retrograde retrograde. Oh, don't use a computer now. Nothing's going to work for you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So something I wonder too is I think it's like more so the Eastern cultures, um, and my husband's family is they're they're from Ukraine. So something that they talk about is the Chinese like year 
So for example, like the dragon year or, you know, different things like this, is that still astrology? I believe it to be astrology. Mm -hmm. I I remember, oh gosh, I remember that years ago. And how intriguing was that to look that up and see if it made sense and what was about you and I'm not well versed on, on that, but of course it's, it's trying to tell you something, if I remember correctly about yourself or things that were going to happen in that year. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. The vibe of the year. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Talk about a trigger word vibe. I know. Yeah. But you have to remember something. They are not, this is going to that is not going to Christ. It does not know the snake, the dragon, however they came up with this business, does not yeah. know anything about you. These are still, this is God's creation. Go to the creator. Amen. Yeah, uh, my family thinks I'm crazy because half the time I'm like, uh, that's demonic. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't need that advice or in- insight. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to, you know, especially I, I say to people all the time, hey, listen, I'm a former psychic medium, but I will tell you there's not a demon behind every corner. But what is evil is evil, period. Some of these things are, you know, honing in on these specific demons, how they get in there, because because then their answer is always deliverance ministry. Can we talk about witchcraft in the church? And deliverance ministry, like this topic, because right after I was saved, and then, you know, a couple years, and you start to become aware of demonic oppression and the spiritual fight and all this. But I got so afraid of, you know, almost legalistic that every little thing was a demon. And um, so now the deliverance ministries are very trendy right now. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize every time I'd get on TikTok, like everything was about a demon. Oh, there's a demon in your cup. Oh, like, <laughs> and it was like stressing me out, you know, and I, I felt that fear and that heaviness and that burden. And finally, one day I was like, I'm done with this. Like Christ overcame all these things as a believer in Christ. I don't need to be afraid of this, but I do see deliverance ministry becoming a very popular thing. And a lot of Christians think, oh, if this church doesn't talk often about casting out demons, it's not a true Holy Spirit filled church. And I just, I don't agree with that. I do see this as like a, I do see this as like a current fad going on right yeah. now. Yeah. I would agree with that. And a very dangerous one at that. I mean, they tell Christians they can be possessed. Mm. They separate uh, the part that like the spirit, the heart, and the, I don't know, I forgot Mike said something like that. They separate it. So it's like, yes, maybe your heart isn't dwelled with the Holy spirit, but a demon could be knit in or in there, slip in yes. there. So- so of course me, I'm like, where is it in my armpit? <laughs> you know, um, but there's a lot of pushback where that's concerned too. And it's not that I'm afraid of that because God knows I've already put it out there. I have a YouTube video up with Kara Mosher. We talked about it. Um, I don't attack people. I don't use names. So, so what would your warning be to somebody who's maybe all caught up in this? My warning would be to that as a Christian, you cannot be possessed. That's, I know we all have different takes on that. Mm-hmm. I do not believe at all whatsoever, according to the Bible, that you can be possessed as a Christian. The demonized people, which was full possession, the stories in the Bible, there is no indication at all that they were Christian. Zero indication of that. Mm. Christ came, he delivered them. But you have to think about what is deliverance. It's a rescue. So, when we come to Christ and we are, we put our faith and trust in him, we believe in our heart that he is Lord, that he died for our sin, that he was buried and, and risen the third day. We come to him, right? The Holy Spirit comes to live within our heart. He has delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. He has rescued us. He has set us free. We are, yeah. we are captive, set free from our bondage to sin. You are a slave to sin before you come to Christ. You're in bondage to it. You're addicted to it. It owns you. He sets us free, Mm. which is the true peace that we're all looking for when we don't have him through these other things, whether it's drugs, sex, new age, whatever. It's only the peace can only be found in him because he reconciles us back to God. We're enemies of God. Until we are in Christ Jesus. He's the only mediator between man and God. 
The Bible tells us that we have the armor of God. So there is a spiritual battle. We can be oppressed. Like you mentioned a couple, everything is not a demon. Remember, we contend with sin. Sometimes you have the sin of anger. You have the sin of lust. Mm-hmm. You don't have the demon of lust. You yeah. have the sin of lust. And you need to come to the Lord and confess it and repent. repent yeah. Rely on him to break that stronghold and come to him and pray earnestly without cease. And watch him work. Put on the armor of God. Do a fast. Pray. We have spiritual weapons. We don't need to go to man. Yes. Oh, that's so good. That's so good because, yeah, I'm seeing just the rise of this everywhere. Um, This is something I haven't talked a lot, you know, about on the podcast yet. But my, so my husband is Orthodox. And, you know, I had been praying. I'd been praying that he would become more and more of the, the man of God that, you know, our family needed the spiritual leader. And he told me one day, he goes, I really miss my Orthodox church. I really miss this form of worship. And I was like, okay, well, we can start to go. And so every other weekend we were going to, you know, our non-denominational church and then to his Orthodox church and, you know, back and forth. And over time, I began to see him stepping up as the man of God that I'd been praying that he would be. And now he's praying for us and he's going to the priest and he's doing his confessions and like, he's just, he's taking it serious. I can tell he has a deep reverence for like this modality of connecting with God because this is his upbringing and how he was taught to connect with God. So it's what feels true to him. And so we met with the priests and I sat down and I'm just telling them, you know, my testimony and maybe what some of my hangups are, my questions. And I asked them if they ever did deliverance. And the priest said, basically, he goes, you know, I think that the Catholic Church capitalized on this a lot um, because they made a big profit doing so. He said, but we, you know, we will go into a person's home or, you know, help them with this. He goes, but I'll I'll tell you a story. And the, the story he told me was, basically one of the few times that he was called to do a deliverance. And it was this person who didn't really come to church. They weren't engaged in the body of Christ. And he goes into their house. He said, I'm seeing dream catchers everywhere. Iguanas walking around freely. It's dark. It's kind of weird. And he goes, and they needed, you know, a demon cast out. He said, so we're saying these prayers and all these things. And he goes, and at the end, I tell them people who are coming to church regularly and actively like seeking God and all of these things, they don't, they're not the ones calling for deliverance in his experience. And so he's just calling them, you know, to repentance and to coming home and to being involved in the body of Christ. Because he's saying when you are doing those things, like you're not going to be, like you said, possessed by demons. Like when you have that relationship with God, you're not going to be possessed by demons. And so I was like, okay, that gives me peace on that because it's like I told him it's this big trend right now. And he's like, yeah, I think it started with the Catholic Church because they made a big profit doing it. But then it kind of went quiet for a while. And now here we are again with the non-denominational churches kind of following suit with that. When you have the Holy Spirit, when you are a saved, born-again believer, we have the Holy Spirit. He indwells our heart, right? The light overcame the darkness. The Holy Spirit doesn't indwell our hearts and reside with a demon. It can't happen. It's a contradiction. It just can't happen. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you should rest in and know that though uh, we can be oppressed, demonically oppressed, because think about it, the demons don't want us sharing the gospel, don't want our ministries to grow, don't want us exposing his evil tactics. Mm -hmm. So there will be some oppression whether it's in the form of a psychic attack, whether it's in the form of stress, not feeling well, feeling tired, all of a sudden anxiety, doubts, confusion. But as the Christian with the Holy, the Holy Spirit's going to get us right back and say, okay, we need to do a, you need to do a fast or uh, you need to be on your prayer post more, get in the word of God. And you will see how quick that oppression lifts. I love that. And like I said, I am in the beginning stages of learning about orthodoxy, just the oldest form, because the Orthodox Church was first, and then the Catholic Church broke off from them because they had different doctrines about things. And then the non-denominational church, real well, the Protestants realized the corruption in the Catholic Church, so they broke off from there. But 
going back to the original Orthodox Church, there's fasts every Wednesday and Friday. Even their form of worship is like putting your heart in this posture of submission to God and just these spiritual practices that do keep you spiritually cleansed and and closer to God. So I love that. And the the fact that you can call a priest and schedule your confession. I know you can just repent with God in your own room and all of these things too, but having someone witness you, I think is, is a powerful thing as well. The Bible tells us to confess to one another. And we of course are the saints and yeah, so I'm not Catholic. I don't subscribe to that. Um, if, if anybody wanted to know, you know, the doctrine I am, uh, Furman is, um, uh, Reformed Baptist. That's my church. Okay. We fast. You know, yeah. my pastors do fast. It's great. And I I fast. It's a great thing to do. And it does lift the oppression. I've I've had it. I love that. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but there is something else that you've been posting about that's been intriguing to me. And that is, I think it was Joyce Meyer. And like this manifestation, prosperity, gospel sort of thing going on in the Christian church. So while we're kind of on the topic of that, of, you know, some different corruption that can happen in the church, it's really, really interesting because the non-denominational church that I was going to here in Florida, Joyce Meyer is a speaking teacher there, and she comes there regularly, and she's like, you know, one of the, like, she comes often, she's friends with our pastors, and so as I started making this transition into the Orthodox Church, um, I saw your posts about this and it felt like another like little confirmation just about maybe where that church specifically was headed um, doctrinally. And um, so I don't know if you want to speak about just how people can recognize sort of red flags of of manifestation or other sort of witchcraft teachings that are going on in the church. Well, if you're hearing anybody say that you can speak something to into existence, you need to take a you need to take a double take or something because only God spoke anything into existence. Once you start aligning yourself with the belief that um, as long as you believe it, it'll happen. As long as you see it, well, no, that's not the way it goes. That's mm-hmm. manifesting. That's your plan, your way. That doesn't mean that God's going to do that. That you we submit our will to the Lord's will. Yeah, And we don't speak anything into existence. And if you look at a lot of her books, and I don't really like to do a whole big, I did make that one video. I don't like to go on a whole big, I like generally speaking about these things. The word of faith, the prosperity gospel is the idea that God just wants you, that God wants you to be uh, happy, healthy, wealthy, that type of Mm -hmm. deal. Yeah, that's just the furthest thing. I can't even see anywhere in the Bible where God says, "Ah, you should just be happy. That's, you know, oh, yeah. Is that the example, Jesus? When there were times he didn't even have a place to lay his head, was he wealthy? You know? (laughs) And that's not how any of the saints lived either. There wasn't this prosperity, abundance. No. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We should be clear, but there's nothing wrong with if God blesses you with money. There's nothing wrong with it as long as it's not your God and it's not your idol and Mm you, you know, live a humble life, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, God wants to, you know, God wants you to put your faith and trust in him and his will for your life. That's the bottom line on that. So I would mark and avoid word of faith, prosperity gospel. It's not the real gospel at all. It's not the real gospel. And I think, um, you know, if it's in his will, like you said, um, you can pray about these things, ask him of these things. I, I think he is, you know, a good father who wants to bless his children. Um, and I think I think that's true. But whatever we're asking in order for us to get it, we can't just speak it into existence. It has to be within his will. Yeah, you have to pray in his will. So, so if you think about that alone, it's okay to pray for his provision. That is his will to provide. He's a good father. He provides for us. He tells us we don't have to worry that he that he takes care of the sparrow in the air, right? The flowers, yeah. the grass. How much more will, will he take care of us? So that's all we need to know. He is our manna from heaven. Mm. In Exodus, he gave manna from heaven just enough for each day. And then the day before the Sabbath, enough for that day and the day of the Sabbath because they were to rest on that day and not go collecting. 
Jesus, we see in the book of John, is our manna from heaven. So you know what we know from that? That he gives us enough for this day. It's sufficient. Don't even Mm. worry about tomorrow. We don't need to. We can plan for certain things, but we don't need to worry about it. He provides Jehovah Jireh. He is the God that provides. We don't need to go above and beyond that. And we don't need to try and control things. That's witchcraft. Amen. Mic drop. (laughs) Well, I think that's all I have today. Um, Would you want to share with the listeners just some of your resources, your books, uh, your channel, podcast, how they can find you? Sure. You can go to my website at www.xexpsychicsave.com. That will link you to the podcast, which is X Psychic Saved Podcast. You can see I keep everything pretty much the same. X Psychic Saved Podcast. We are getting into season two now. I'm very excited where we, season one, we've got numerology, astrology, uh, all the Reiki. We've got a lot that we've covered already. And we're heading into season two with some very exciting episodes. But you can find the links on my website and to the books as well from psychic to saved and out of the new age and into the truth. And I'm working on my third book right now. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about that at a later date. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jen. Would you mind something we do on the race and podcast as we end with a prayer? Would you mind praying us out and just praying for the listeners who maybe are coming out of the new age and just starting to piece some of these things together? Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you for being able to approach your throne of grace, Lord, boldly and with confidence, God, in who you are, Father. I thank you, Lord, for this time with Michaela, Lord, and I pray, God, that her listeners would be blessed by this conversation, that this, this conversation would reach the hearts of many, Lord, the souls, God, that are on the cusp, oh Lord. They're they're leaving the new age. They're thinking about it. You've been doing a work on their heart, oh God, and we thank you for that, Lord. Father, I pray that they would turn from it. They would repent, God, that you would use this conversation to confirm for them that you have called them, that they were in the demonic and they need to get rid of, burn all of those things and come to saving faith in you, oh Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray, God, that you impress on the hearts of many that we are all born into sin and we are sinners, God, but you sent your son, Jesus Christ, because there's nothing we can do, Lord, nothing we can do to save ourselves, oh God. So I pray, Father, that people would come to Christ, the one who was crucified for our sin, who who died on the cross and was buried and was raised the third day. Hallelujah, oh Lord. God, bring them to Jesus Christ today, Father. And it's in his precious name that we pray this. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to have you leave a review and share it with a friend. All information on how to stay connected with the Raised and Redeemed podcast can be found in the show notes below. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.